when you have really great content on your website, you don't need any gimmicks. So it's ironic because I think actually the most outside of the box thinking that you can do as a medium or small law firm is actually stay the course and not get distracted by TikTok or Clubhouse or whatever the things are, just stay the course and your organic marketing will reap very valuable rewards. It always does when it's done correctly, always. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Answering Legal's Everything Except the Law podcast. I am your host, Nick Worker. If this is your first time tuning in, this is the podcast where we share expert advice on all the parts of running a law firm that attorneys weren't exactly trained for back in law school. Now, on previous episodes of our podcast, we've covered legal marketing and welcomed some really smart people from legal marketing agencies. But today, we'll be talking about legal marketing with someone who can offer a truly unique perspective. Uh, our guest for this episode is not only the president of the legal marketing agency, LawQuill, but currently has a license to practice law in the state of Missouri. You've also likely come across her stories on websites such as Above the Law, Attorney at Work. Annette Chody is here with us today. Thank you for joining us, Annette. Thank you. It is an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. I am excited, um, not only because of, uh, of LawQuill, but you know, you're like uniquely qualified to talk about this stuff. So can you, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your legal marketing background and, uh, and kind of how you got to where you are? Sure. So I uh, went to law school a really long time ago, two decades ago, and um, I worked uh, uh, for the U.S. Department of Labor for a considerable amount of time and then pivoted into digital marketing. I wanted to do something different. So I started working at really large digital marketing agencies that focused on law firms to sort of cut my teeth, so to speak, um, learn all of the things regarding SEO, keywording, content marketing, social media marketing, all the things. And then I decided that there was a way to help medium and smaller size law firms who perhaps could not enter at the price points that the larger digital marketing agencies have. And that is how I started LawQuill. That's awesome. Um, I am a, a big proponent of uh, like the whole point of, of a lot of the parts of the law is to create parity between, you know, like corporations and singular people, you know, so that like, uh, you know, to really help downtrodden people. So I, I feel as though um, companies like LawQuill and, and even my own, right, uh, it, it, we're there to create parity so that small law firms can still offer the same type of services that that big law can offer. Um, but I, I'm, I'm curious because you're someone who has a really close eye on legal marketing. What were some of the trends that you saw that really caught your attention in 2021 and, and like heading into 2022? Well, it's interesting. I will clarify that just because they caught my attention doesn't mean that they're necessarily something that I would recommend uh, for law firms. There are a lot of really shiny objects out there that can happen in 
the digital marketing space. I'm, I'm sure you'll agree with that. Some of the things that I think are maybe uh, questionable, but caught my eye uh, are Clubhouse, TikTok, different platforms like that. Now, I happen to love Clubhouse. And um, I think that it can be an effective marketing tool. I think TikTok can be an incredible marketing tool. But I think that I hesitate to persuade lawyers to go in that direction because they are already overwhelmed. They're trying to get a website. They're trying to get content on their website. They're just trying to be on Facebook and LinkedIn, maybe Instagram. It's just too much. So I do see that as a trend. Um, LinkedIn is launching uh, a compatible platform to compete with Clubhouse in the next couple of months. And that will be really interesting to see if the conversations that happen on that are much more conducive and applicable to the legal industry. So those are ones that have definitely caught my eye. I will also say in terms of digital marketing as a whole, this is not a platform, but uh, Spanish speaking websites have definitely taken center stage uh, in the United States because of their ability to connect with a specific audience. And just like you said, my job is to connect law firms and what they do with the people who need their services. So that is an excellent digital marketing strategy uh, in 2021 that I don't think will be going away. And another one is Google Voice or the voice search that you can have on Alexa or, or wherever you are doing your voice search. That is becoming increasingly popular. And any law firm that makes the decision to put a little bit of time and investment into that will get a really great reward because a lot of people are not doing it yet. So it's great to always be um, a leader in a platform or a search option that others are not utilizing yet. Well, I'm not on Clubhouse at all yet. Um, I'm, I'm familiar with what it is, but and I also haven't been invited to it, which I think is part of like getting onto it. Um, but I like how you said like, oh, the shiny object, uh, because TikTok, full disclosure, the owner of this company is on TikTok. He sends me TikToks all the time. Um, and, you know, we, we talk and, uh, and we text about non-work related stuff. But uh, I see, I, I don't see a lot of lawyers on TikTok, but I see some lawyers on TikTok and I'm thinking specifically of this one matrimonial lawyer that I see who posts her TikToks on LinkedIn. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I know her first name is Kelly, but I, I don't remember her last name. It might be Rickert, Kelly Chang Rickert, if I'm remembering correctly. Anyway, Kelly, if you see this, you got a free shout out. Sorry. Uh, and the way it's, it's all about the way that you go about it. It's so important. Like you can't just go on TikTok and talk boring nonsense legal jargon into a, a screen with like no music or no light. It's not going to work. And her TikToks are all like, she takes the the trends of the sounds that are going on on TikTok and then really like crafts, um, you know, how, I don't know how a divorce would work. And she does like the, like point at the screen and the thing comes up when it's going according to the beat on the song. I'm like, oh my God, it's so well done. She's got tons of impressions. She's got a whole group that she teaches how to do uh, like 
TikTok marketing for lawyers. And uh, I think that's so important when you're talking about like the different type of content that you want to go after, right? Like you can't just kind of get on there and you're right. If you're behind, right? Like say you're focused on, I need a website or I need to, uh, I don't know. I need to focus on SEO. I need to focus on ads. Uh, who knows what you're focusing on? Like TikTok is really low on that priority list, right? Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I would totally agree with that. I think that there's a trajectory that all law firms and small businesses need to follow. And that roadmap is to first have a website. Uh, you should not be creating long form content, even medium form content on any social media platform because you're building a house on someone else's real estate. So you need to have a, a website first. You need to have written content on your website that is SEO optimized because that helps potential clients when they come to your website, but it also is the only thing that will help you with your SEO rankings. Googlebots won't come back to your website if there's nothing new to look at. So you have to constantly be producing content. At that point, you can take that content and then repurpose it on different platforms such as LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, a podcast, your email list, Instagram, wherever you want to repurpose that content in such a way that you are getting people then back to your website. The real goal of any social media platform, I think including TikTok, is to get people back to your website. There are certain practice areas that lend themselves better to different social media platforms. For example, um, business attorneys do obviously very well on LinkedIn. I feel like every attorney needs to be on LinkedIn simply because um, that is where other attorneys are for referrals as well. Instagram does really well for intellectual property attorneys because their people are there. Their music, you know, the people who are creating music or art or whatever, their people are there. So that is good. Regarding TikTok, I will agree. It is towards the bottom of the list, but if you are a person that is very outgoing, that is very clever and creative and wants to genuinely spend your time creating content on TikTok, then it's a great platform. But the truth is, is that most attorneys simply don't have the time or resources or even creativity to be able to do that. So it, it is lower on the list for sure. I, I love that. Um that that like prioritization right um and and it's it's about knowing where your audience is um so obviously the number one thing is is your website and your written content um there are a lot of i think it's 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 much easier to talk about what not to do when it comes to writing content for your website because there's no one right way to do it if you're writing meaningful not fluff, not stuffing keywords in there and not telling people about, I don't know, some like weird anecdotal kind of how I'm doing right now and, and circumnavigating your point. Um, and you're writing about topics that your audience cares about. Um, I think you're at least headed in the right direction if you know nothing about content marketing or, or SEO. But I, I'm, I'm curious, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see lawyers making when they're trying to put together content marketing strategies for their, for their websites. Well, I think it's great to have important topics. Like you just said, 
I think you need to be talking about things that are relevant. Um, a great way to find that I have a, a lot of these resources on my own website um, and strategies to create your own content in such a way that it's meaning and valuable for potential clients and also for the Google bots. But the truth is, is that you not only have to have a really great topic to talk about, um, those often are frequently asked questions. They are the topics that people care about. They are even topics which I have to explain to a lot of my clients sometimes are not going to get you a direct sale. If you are a personal injury attorney, you should also have on your website, maybe an article about the best safe driving apps for your teenager. And while that won't necessarily produce um, an immediate client from that, being able to disseminate that among social media is a really valuable thing that people may even bookmark or share. So the next step I say is this, writing content on the internet is very different than writing really great writing for a book or a novel or whatever else it is. And the example that I always give attorneys is this, when you submit a brief or any kind of a document to the court, you can't just submit something that is really well-written and has your points made. You have to make sure it's in a certain font. It's got certain spacing, this page intentionally left blank, whatever it is, or the court won't even look at it. And I say it's very similar to SEO. When you write for your website, you know, the Google bots are not our robot overlords quite yet. And they don't understand content and they don't read content the same way that, that human beings do. They read content first, the H1, then they read all the H2s, then they read the H3s, then they read the bullet points, then they go back and read the actual content checking to see if certain phrases are used more than once. This is not how a human being reads content. And therefore it is extremely important that you either gain the knowledge or, or outsource that to someone because otherwise you're writing a lot of really great content that is not getting rewarded for, in search engine you know, for search engine optimization by the Google bots there's there's this weird divide between um like lawyers are willing to accept the rules when it comes to following or or procedure in a courtroom or filings or i don't know some rules about what you're allowed to say and not say in your advertising right or uh or your trust account or or, or all that stuff but if you tell them no this is how you should be writing content like no 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 you don't understand i know what i'm talking about no, there's no way like there's just it's 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 the guidelines that we have from Google are what we have to go along with um, so that we can be in front of the people that we ultimately need to be in front of in order to help them. Right. So the formatting, I love that you said this is important. You can't just put up like a blog post that starts. Hi, my name is Annette, um, I'm a lawyer in Mount Vernon, Washington. Um, this is what I care about. I like to jet ski on the weekends. Here's a picture of my dog. Like, no, it's not going to work. You need an H1. You need an H2. You need to structure it a certain way, the content. You need to make sure that the URL has uh, at least something to do with what you're talking about. You need to use certain phrases. You need to use the right keywords. Um, and 
And that knowledge is half the battle, right? Because there's a, there's certain people that have the unique ability to just produce that type of content. Um, so if you're not interested in learning and you're not interested in following the rules, then at least take the qualified advice of someone who <laughs> makes a vocation of, of bringing audiences to businesses like yours. Um, one of the things else that I will agree with all of that, one of the other things that I run into is sometimes people will tell me, well, I don't really talk in that kind of, I, I want to be more familiar when I visit with people. I don't want to sound so authoritative. Or they'll say, I don't particularly want that blog article on my website. For example, why do I need a business startup attorney or whatever the article is? And I said, to these people, I say to these people often, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is what people are putting into Google in an attempt to find you. So when we are doing our very extensive keyword research for a law firm, we are finding out what people are placing into Google, into that search bar in order to find you. And therefore the content has to also match up with that particular keyword. It has to have other keywords that are related to that keyword. And frankly, it takes several years or, you know, to sort out and figure these types of techniques out. Again, writing for Google and writing uh, for the internet is very different than writing for you know, briefs for a court or writing for law review or whatever it might be. Yeah. Like I did not go to law school. I am not a lawyer. Uh, I most likely will never be one. I will not say never. Um, I can't write a, a, a legal brief. I can't write, um, I can't write a, a, a motion. I can't, I don't, not only am I not licensed to do it, but I've never done it before. Right. And I don't know how to structure it. So if you came to me and asked me to write you a legal brief, I would do my best. I'm a pretty good writer, right? I could mimic some other things that I've seen, um, but I don't have the breadth of experience to do it. And I, and I, first of all, would not approach it in the way that like, oh, that's not how I normally write or sound, or that's not how I was taught in, you know, my, my education or school. No, because it's a different type of writing. Um, but I, I have, I'm curious I'm curious because I think um, I talk to a lot of people who have legal marketing knowledge, which is like, you know, that you should do this type of ad and do this type of audience targeting. Um, and a lot of it is, I, I, listen, I've heard some unique things before, but a lot of it is, is streamlined at, uh, at certain things. So I'm curious, what's our, what are your favorite, like outside of the box marketing ideas? for smaller law firms and solo attorneys um, who, like we were mentioning before, are trying to achieve that level of parity with competitors? I think it's not so outside the box, except for the fact that their competitors are not doing it well. So when you have really great content on your website, you don't need any gimmicks. You don't need any outside of the box, you know, fly by night kind of marketing schemes. If you have a 
quality website. The whole website is optimized for SEO. And then each piece of content is individually optimized for SEO. Then you have something that you can repurpose in really creative ways on all of these other platforms, not only to showcase your expertise, authority, and trustworthiness, which is your EAT score um, in all of these other locations, but also it is a way to drive people back to your website. And I think that that is outside of the box simply because a lot of medium and smaller law firms think that they either can't afford it or maybe that it's not that important or they can do it themselves. And so typically what I say is you want to hire on someone into your law firm that already knows how to do it. You want to pay someone on your team to learn all about it or you need to just outsource it. Because just as I would never go to a lawyer and start telling them how to do their particular area of, you know, law, whatever that is, criminal law in New Jersey or probate in Arizona, oftentimes they just don't allow the digital marketing experts to do their job. So it's ironic because I think actually the most outside of the box thinking that you can do as a medium or small law firm is actually stay the course and not get distracted by TikTok or Clubhouse or whatever the things are, just stay the course and your organic marketing will reap very valuable rewards. It always does when it's done correctly, always. We will be right back with the show after this short message. Who doesn't want to be a successful attorney with a busy practice, but still have that life? Having those lunch breaks, playing golf, going on vacation, answering legal allows you to. My name is Laura Pfeiffer Battalora. I'm an attorney founding member of the Battalora Law Group. Our headquarters is in Brooklyn, but we represent people all over the state of New York. The process of getting started with answering legal couldn't have been easier. It was so seamless. They're so efficient, the message will pop up on my phone. It'll pop up in my email. Answering legal allows me to have a personal life, a more balanced life. And it also helps me to be a better attorney. It saves time, it helps you grow your practice without you even realizing it. Getting started with Answering Legal, it's the best thing that we've ever done. It pays off in spades. It's been amazing. I couldn't live without them, really. I, I talk to a lot of a lot of people who will um, say things like, should I be on TikTok? Should I get back on Snapchat? Should I uh, do this and do? And I'm like, well, there's like a hierarchy of needs, um, really. Um, like you said, first, it's the website. Um, and people don't seem I, I think we're in in this renaissance of of ads being super successful, right? Uh where Facebook ads are crushing it and Instagram ads like your local community sees and it's it all looks good. You know, you got a really good, you know, return on ad spend or you get a really good ROI a couple of months and you're like, I don't need this long-term investment in my organic presence. Um, and uh, I, I understand that because I too like instant gratification. 
I love it when one of my ads convert, you know, I'm like, ah, I just put that brand new ad copy up there yesterday. It's already converting. Um, but if I look at like, and this is not a victory lap. If I look at like the breadth of work that I have from this year on from 2013, even right. And that stuff is still converting, um, that I put out nine years ago. That stuff is still bringing traffic to my website. It's the same keywords, uh, it's the same motto and it's all updated. You know, I got, I got new pictures. I got new, I, I put out new blog posts every month, but people don't understand how, how I, I was watching an episode of shark tank once a couple of years ago. And, and, uh, and this guy had this product. I don't even remember what the product was and he was crushing it. He did like a million in sales. His company was valued at like $10 million. And Mark Cuban's like, Oh man, where are you making all these sales from? And the guy says, 95% of my sales come from Facebook, Facebook ads. And Mark Cuban says, I'm out. Here's why. Is Facebook giveth and Facebook taketh away. One change. If you have one change in how the ads work or this, that, the other, or, or, or who knows, right? The trend, you lost 95%, right, of your sales. So if you're not investing in, in the long-term organic success of search engine optimization, not just Google, because people will say, oh, then what, what's to say about Google? Yeah, Google will make updates and changes. Uh, that thing is the mountain, man. You're not, gonna, you're not scaling Kilimanjaro or, or Fuji or anything like that in one day. Um, and so my point is, is that stuff is all good, right? The TikTok, the, the Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, even TV commercials, right? It's sexy. It gets the return on ad spend. But don't forget about building the solid foundation that will bring you long-term success, which is what we're talking about with, with, with SEO. You look like you want to jump in and, and yeah, I'm sorry. I'm talking too much. No, I think I'm just nodding. I completely agree. And here's why. Facebook ads have their place. We do... Uh, paid advertising as well at Lockwell, even though it's, we believe, a secondary step to developing an organic content strategy. Here's why. When you put out an ad, it is oftentimes immediate gratification, but it's over. It's like a firework that happens. And then as soon as you pull your ad spend, it is over. It is completely over. It doesn't gradually ramp down. It is completely absent now from Facebook. If you are developing organic traffic, it's like anything in life, Nick. If you want something really good, you have to put effort towards it. You want to lose weight. You want to have a good relationship. You want to have good marketing. You've got to put a lot of time and effort behind it. If you don't have time and effort, then you probably are going to have to outsource that to someone who can help you help you do that. But the reason is the reason that content marketing is so valuable is because you are not in someone's face trying to get them to spend their money. We all know what these Facebook ads are, even if they offer us a free webinar, even if they offer us a free download, a free resource, we know we are in a funnel now. We know that we are at the top of probably a very long 
infinite funnel that we can probably not get out of. So the difference is, is that when you are providing value to your clients, for example, I'll just use me as an example. We have, you know, I have over, I think 120 pieces of content on my website. Some of the things are absolutely what we do. This is why you need content marketing. This is how organic content can help you grow your law firm. But then there's other pieces of content that are like, here is the way to, here are all of the image sizing for all the social media platforms in one place. Now that's a resource they can go to. I get nothing from that except providing information to them. And we have a lot of content like that on our website. We hope people come and use it, that they share it. If they're not at a place where they can financially invest to hire us, that they can then have the resources to at least do this themselves correctly. Or worst case scenario, if they're going to hire someone else to do this for them, at least they will have the information and resources to know if this other company is not overcharging them and under delivery. So law firms can do the exact same thing. Small businesses can do the exact same thing, providing content, resources. I know a lot of family law attorneys provide domestic violence handbooks or resources or phone numbers or places that people can go. Just any way that you can think of that you can help your clients makes you seem like a relatable resource for them that they will either use themselves later or recommend to colleagues, friends, or family. So you wrote this blog post and obviously I read it, but it's about how law firms can get articles published by major media outlets. Um, so I'm going to link this post in the description so that people can read it. It's obviously on lawquill.com, but can you tell us a little bit about why law firms should be making that effort to appear in, in larger or major media outlets and what they'll need in order to make that happen? Yes. So I'm a rubber hits the road type of girl. So I'm going to tell you exactly why it's important, but then a really easy hack as to how to do it. So it is really important when I say major media outlets, of course, you know, you, it would be great to be seen on, you know, TV and the local news or even national news as an expert, but what is second best to that um, and even more important for your SEO is to be linked in other media websites as an expert or as an authority or as a quote or whatever. Let's just use the example you just gave. You just said that you are going to link to my blog post at the bottom of this. That means now your website and my website are linked. So when Google looks at that, they will say, wow, Annette must be an authority if other sources are linking to her. So you want to be linked and get what's called backlinks to your website from other websites, media sources. And when I say media, it doesn't have to be just you know, ABC, CNN, Fox News, it doesn't have to be that. It can be podcasts, other places that have legal authority. I write for 
above the law every single week. And they link back to my website every single week. So it can be a myriad of media sources. What that does is it tells Google that you are legit. When you have links from other websites that have a better domain authority, that's just a DA score, they are seen by Google as either more authoritative, they've been around longer, they have more content, whatever it is, that shows Google that you are legit, that someone even more popular than you on the interwebs is linking to you. So you want it. Now here's the hack as to how, and by the way, this is huge for your SEO score. It's difficult to get, but it's huge for your SEO score. It's a very big piece of the SEO puzzle. This is one free way to get into some of these sources. There is a website called Help a Reporter Out. It's Haro, H-A-R-O. This, you can pay for the upgrade to get the emails an hour earlier. I have never paid for that upgrade. I don't necessarily find it more useful or valuable. I think the journalists that are on there will wait an hour to get really great content. This isn't something that is, you know, breaking news usually. So it's free and you will get two emails a day. So prepare yourself for that. And in those emails, it will have a listing of everything that journalists are looking for. Now, a lot of this is not going to have anything to do with you. It's going to be about a sleep study, or it's going to be about holistic ways to take care of allergies or something that has nothing to do with the law. But usually at least once or twice a week, sometimes even more, they will ask about something that's going on with the Biden administration and taxes on small businesses or something about COVID protocols and employment law. Whatever it is, this is your time to then you just click, they have a list and you click that one area and it will go open up a new email and you send your quote, your uh, whatever answer you have for that reporter. And then you know you send your qualifications and that you are an attorney and then it goes off. And I will tell you that doing this is free. It takes just a little bit of time. You could even have a VA, a paralegal, an intern this do this for you um, and you know, make sure that the quote that they give is something that you approve of. And this is a very quick and easy way and free <laughs> to get into some of these more major media publications. Another way that is free is just to ask a lot of larger websites like Above the Law or other media organizations that connect with the legal industry in some way are desperate to have more content on their websites. So one way that you can do that is to offer to guest blog on their websites. And if you don't want to do the guest blogging, by the way, you can outsource that as well. So there are a lot of ways to get into these major publications, either by getting a quote in there or getting a backlink, just like what you did with me for my website, or by just guest blogging and creating a blog for their website, creating value for their audience, which then also gives you authority and also a backlink back to your website. By the way, I'm also happy to uh, state for the record that I think Lockwell is legit. 
rather as opposed <laughs> to just putting you on the website. Um, I, <laughs> I, I love those recommendations and I haven't been on Harrow in a long time, but I remember when I was first getting started out doing marketing, that was like the big hack that nobody talks about anymore. Um, I literally I, sent out one this morning. There was literally one this morning. I do it myself. And I just check, you know, it just comes in my email. I scan it really quickly. Sometimes there's nothing there. But this morning they were asking about digital marketing tips from a digital marketing expert or agency. That's me. Hello. So I, now you cannot guarantee that if you give them a quote that they'll use it, but they are looking for quotes. Otherwise they would not have proactively put that content in that email. So I used it as, as recently as this morning. So that's awesome. I love it. I got to get back on there. I think, I think I once got frustrated with uh, how many in a row, because I have a, I have a very niche job, right? Like I'm the guy who handles the, the marketing and, and communications for a, a, like a law firm call center, right? I'm not, I, I, my expertise is very uh, narrow, I would say. So I think I got frustrated with them and I unsubscribed because I was like, they never asked me anything pertaining to anything I know about. Uh, forget it. But now you've inspired me. I'm going to get back on there. Well, uh, and here's the thing. You can hire a virtual assistant or you can just add it to the tasks of an assistant or intern or paralegal that you already have, just add that to their tasks and say, the emails are gonna to come to you now and just sort of outsource that as well. I love that when this episode drops, my staff will hear this and I'll say, hey guys, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so we're coming to the end, unfortunately, because I think, I don't know what time we started, but uh, I think I could do this for like two or three more hours and that's not good. Uh, I do want to ask you um, if, if lawyers are doing the stuff that we're talking about, right. And they're building this sort of foundation, they've got the website, they're working on their like base level SEO content. They're working on um, short tail keywords, not the long form type of content. Um, and they're not yet seeing results. And it's been like an appropriate amount of time. So they've put a year into this and they're not seeing the appropriate results um, from that sort of stuff or, or social media. What are some of the recommendations that you would make um, in order to kind of like keep the, keep the flame lit, so to speak? I think that if someone has done due diligence regarding SEO, legit due diligence, and really believes that they are cre creating content on their website consistently that is optimized for SEO. And they are disseminating that among an email list and social media, and it is not bringing them a return. They probably need to have a professional look at what they are doing and evaluate it. And just to give an example of that, if you are doing everything possible, you can to lose weight, right? You think you're eating the right things. You think you are exercising the right way. And it has been a year and you have not lost any weight. You need to see someone to tell you what you can be doing differently. You need to see a nutritionist. You need to see a doctor. You need to see a coach in the gym, right? You need to see someone who that is all they do all day long. That's their jam to help you understand either what you need to change or whether or not 
your efforts have been in vain and you probably, you know, you might need to outsource that to someone who can do it more effectively for you. Because the truth is that when done correctly, organic marketing never fails. It can be done incorrectly. It can take a really long time because it's organic. But if you are truly doing organic content in the right way and then doing social media marketing in the right way, and when I say the right way, I just mean in an authentic way that is not, you know, spammy or salesy or weird, then you should be getting the results of that through an increased um, domain authority score. You should have an increased score on Google and you should also be gaining more real, not fake, but real followers that are interested in your content your email list should be growing, your views on your website should be growing, and you should be getting more clients. So if that is not happening, then it might be time um, to visit with someone to have a expert maybe take a peek at what you're doing to see what you could do differently or to simply just outsource it. I, I, I like what you're saying, and I, I'm, I love examples. I'm a big examples guy. Uh, I bought my house with my wife a little over two and a half years ago. And I don't remember what we did with all of, of the, the, the plants or the shrubs. It doesn't matter. We ripped them all out. My wife started a garden. And I remember uh, when I was younger, my grandmother always loved lilacs. So the one thing that I was like, oh, I need to put in my, in my yard is a lilac bush. So I buy this tiny little, I don't know. It was like this big. I planted this thing. Right. Um, and it's growing very, very slowly. But, right, like that's my organic gardening. If I really wanted immediate results, I could probably go out and buy like 10 full-grown, beautiful lilac bushes, but it would be very expensive. And so I like to think of it like that. Like your organic marketing is something that you you can go out and buy a bunch of leads. You can go out and buy a bunch of ads and spend a lot of money. Um, but if you want to have this nice homegrown lilac bush that's going to last you forever, um, you need to start like that. But I also do think of, uh, I love Seinfeld. I think of the episode of Seinfeld where uh, they're eating the frozen yogurt and the guy who owns the yogurt we shop. We just like, watched that episode just the other day. Oh yeah, he's like, oh, it's non-fat and they keep eating it and they're not losing weight. Jerry's going to the health health club. It's not called the gym, it's called the health club back in like the 80s or 90s. And, uh, and same with Elaine, she's like, I'm not losing weight. This guy didn't want to go out with me. He said I was too fat. And then they, you know, they had, don't go about it like Jerry Seinfeld. Obviously it's a television show, but they had the yogurt tested and it turned out that there was fat in the yogurt and, and also a whole thing with Rudy Giuliani. Um, but I just think of like, if you're not getting the results, um, it's, it's exactly like you said, you need to seek expert help. And if you think that you have expert help, then I would suggest you find another expert to do some sort of audit on that. Um, I, and I want to ask you this last thing, because I think this is important. Uh, in 2022, right, we're, we're super early. Today is the 24th. This will probably go live sometime by the end of the week. January 24th is today. Uh, what's the most important piece of advice that you would pass along to like mid to small solo uh, law firm owners 
about content marketing in 2022? Well, I'm not sure that it will be popular, but I don't know the truth sometimes isn't. I would say the more content you have and the more often you put that content on your website, the faster your organic marketing will work. Mm -hmm. There is a law firm that came to me and they said, we want one article per month and we want to beat, and they said the name of this law firm. This law firm that they want to be literally puts out one to two pieces of content a day. Mm -hmm. I cannot even exaggerate that more. They are a massive law firm that has a prolific content department. <laughs> I don't know of anyone else that does what they do. So it is interesting that they were saying, we want to beat them. And I said, well, again, if we're going to use an example, Nick, let's use it. If you want to lose 50 pounds or whatever you want to lose, if you go to the gym one time a month, you will lose weight, not as quickly as those people that are there every single day. Now, you don't need to put content on your website every single day. That is, these are extreme examples of both sides. But if you are putting out content once a week or twice a week, putting that out on social media and on your email list, you, you'll lose the weight, right? Like you will get the rewards of the content marketing. So I would say that that is the most important thing that I can stress is make sure your website is optimized for SEO, make sure your content is optimized for SEO, and make sure that you are delivering valuable content consistently. I love it. And I put out a lot of content, but I think I need to go to the gym a little more. Um, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about, uh, a little bit more about LawQuill um, and how our listeners can connect with you after they've, uh, well, thank you for listening this far, but after they finish listening to this episode? Sure. So LawQuill is just at LawQuill.com, L-A-W-Q-U-I-L-L.com. We work with law firms of any size and also small businesses as well, both in and outside of the legal community. And if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can either schedule an appointment on that website or you can just email me at Annette at LawQuill.com. It's A-N-N-E-T-T-E at LawQuill.com. It's all linked in the description of wherever you're listening slash watching to this. Um, so Annette, I'd like to thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Um, I want to thank all of our listeners as well. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. We will be back with another episode of Everything Except the Law soon. Be sure to check out previous episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and the Answering Legal YouTube channel. See you next time, everyone. <laughs>